This is the Shift Daily Podcast. When it comes to Christmas shopping, it's always something I, I think that most people try to get done before the chaos. The malls are usually chaotic when it comes to, you know, mid-December this year. Certainly will be a little bit different in shopping malls, I imagine, with so many people turning to online shopping instead. Do you plan on doing your shopping online this year? If you do, you want to start like yesterday, according to the guest that I spoke to. His name is Graham Robbins. He's the CEO of A&A Custom Brokers. And I asked Graham, I said, should we expect this to be an exceptionally popular year for online shopping? Definitely. Definitely. It's been an incredible couple of quarters, the growth in e-commerce. It's been unprecedented, actually. So what should a shopper know before they place their online order for the holiday season? My advice I'm giving to my my friends and family, anyone that I know, is literally start today. Wow. So the sooner you can start shopping and get the the products in your home or in your office, the better you'll you'll be. The ramp up to Christmas starts in the next 15 to 20 days. And then, you know, this last minute shopping concept where you used to be able to order and and hopefully it came, you know, a couple of days before Christmas or something like that. It's going to most likely be a lot rougher this year. For the clients that you're dealing with, like the business clients, are they adjusting what they're doing at all for shipping in order to get those products to where they need to go? You know, sort of what recommendations do you have for businesses who are also trying to deal with these potential delays through customs? Right. A recommendation that we have is start alerting customers, you know, your email notices or your email newsletters or your sales on your, your website is start those earlier than normal. And, you know, there's always this controversy, you know, don't start the season too soon. But this is really unprecedented. You know, the, the e-commerce growth being 37% higher than the last quarter uh, has never happened before. It usually grows at sort of 9 or 10% a quarter. So encourage your customers to start shopping sooner. And how can a business prepare themselves sort of from the back end for these massive surges in online orders? I think the communication with the, the carriers is really important. And, you know, there's so many different types of carriers. And whether you're a, if you're a regional seller, if your customer base tends to be local or it tends to be international or, or even across Canada or the U.S., is really understand from them what they're expecting. They have a really good finger on the pulse. So every customer is a bit different. Someone's using you know, FedEx freight because they're shipping pallets and somebody else is using USPS or Canada Post because they have lower value items that shipping is less expensive. So you really have to be talking to those people first and actually advocating for yourself, especially small businesses, because another thing that I tell people is if you're going to have a shipment delivered, use your business address rather than your home address oh. because they tend to they tend to cater to businesses more. If, if a truck is stopping at a business, it quite often has 20, 30 packages for that business on multi floors and things like that. That'll all come in. But if your shipment is a little package on the side of the truck and it's got to go to a cul-de-sac that's an hour away, that one might wait till tomorrow. You know, that might happen. So, you know, the business, the business side of it is, is really figuring out what you're, what you're expecting from your carriers. What do your carriers think that is going to look like? And, and opening that communication right now, like what, what should we be doing? 
because every scenario is a little bit different depending on your commodities. That's a good little piece of advice, though. I know around this time of year, we start getting lots of announcements from the staff who work the front desk at the radio station begging people to stop getting their online orders sent to work to the office. <laughs> but hey, if well, it gets so faster. You have to give them, you know, give them some Amazon gift certificates or something for taking all your parcels in, you know, as a thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Right. There you go. Hey, now, on top of all of this, uh, shippers are expected to be hit with about a 40 billion dollar peak in delivery surcharges. So what exactly could that mean for shoppers? Yeah, this is really interesting. I I agree. It's something that's sort of unprecedented as well, where even the post office is going to start doing this, which they they traditionally don't do, you know, so I, I don't know if there's a way around it. It's, it's surge pricing. It happens in, you know, Uber and Lyft, there's surge pricing and there's, there, there's these, these peak season surcharges that are going to happen. I think the, the, the issue is again, is the more you can ship before the, the peak season surcharge, the better for you. So again, encouraging people to ship, you know, ship sooner. Now it's, we're running out of time a bit of that, you know, there's, there's sort of, depending on the carrier, they have different, different dates, but try to try to ship and get, get outside of that window as much as possible. But knowing that human nature is that people leave it to the last minute. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm exactly that person. So I understand. Do you yeah. think that people knowing that they'll face these types of challenges, you know, be it facing a surcharge or be it facing potential shipping delays, that that will encourage more people to shop locally? Or do you think that that will make an impact at all in these massive online sales that we're seeing? Well, I think there's a combination of things happening with people being comfortable being in crowds of, of shopping, you know, with what's with what's going on. But I think ideally it changes behaviors a bit on on you know going online or or trying to shop locally and hopefully those shops can deliver locally online as well and that's that might be another tip that i think a lot about is if your business isn't doing things online you know it's so simple today compared to what it was even three five years ago to to get online and that's a big thing is if you're worried about people not coming into your store you have to get online. My 11-year-old daughter has an online store that she set up. Wow. And it works. You can do this so inexpensively now, so easily, connect with carriers really easily. There's no excuse not to do it. And by the way, those are ones that can ship to you. You know, you could ship today and have it by Monday. So the shipping is actually a lot better in a, in a local network. It doesn't have to cross the border. It doesn't have to go across the country. You should be able to deliver to your customers within the same week. That was Graham Robbins. He is the CEO of A&A Custom Brokers talking about when to start online shopping for the Christmas season. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. Ryan Recker. Ryan, is that Nikki, you? how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. So nice to chat with you. Yeah, this is the first time we've had this opportunity. So I'm very excited to learn about you. I'm excited to talk to you, too, especially because I saw on Twitter that you asked a very divisive, very controversial question. You ran a Mm -hmm. poll and you asked people which decade was better, the 80s or the 90s. Yeah, I definitely believe the 90s was a better decade. Uh, A lot of people go back to those thoughts of the 80s. But I'm going to guess if I had to guess which way you voted on that one, can I? Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, I'm going to say 90s. You're, you're probably going to guess 90s. Which one do you say? 
in the 90s. You're right. You're absolutely correct. Now, why yeah. did you think that I was going to say 90s? Yeah, I feel like we're the same age right around there. I'm 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you got a couple years on me, but yeah, we're... Yeah, you can't okay. Ask I know a lady her age, please, Ryan. Ask a lady her age. That's true. <laughs> but um, I figure when you grow up in the '90s, it was kind of nice because you had that time where it was pre and post internet. At least I did, so I knew what it was like to grow up before all the nonsense started, and then the excitement of the possibilities of the internet. And then you kind of came into it. It was wonderful. So I thought, ah, I don't know if I would give up the early internet days to go back to the '80s. So both would be fine answers, sure, but I felt like the 90s were a little bit better. Plus, there was a lot better uh, fruit snacks and commercials on television during that era. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just having this conversation or a similar conversation with a friend the other day. We were talking about how thankful we were that we grew up in a time where social media hadn't really come into full effect yet. We, you know, we were on Facebook and we were we were getting there, but we weren't quite in that era yet where we were, uh, you know, digital natives. We hadn't really grown up with it in, in its entirety. So we couldn't post all of the stupid stuff that we did in our early years on the Internet because we just didn't have the opportunity to do so like kids these days do. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that Facebook wasn't around when I was that young or I wasn't on it when I was younger because God only knows what I would have posted online. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot in that sense. But I remember going out with my friends and we would have polar, not Polaroids, um, disposable cameras. Yes. So you'd go into like the corner CVS or Walgreen or whatever, and you'd buy a disposable camera for the night. You get like 20 photos on it. You snap a photo when you found the time was right, and then you'd go drop it off and pick it up a few days later in hopes they didn't flag anything that was on it because they sometimes wouldn't print your photos if they were something on there they didn't like because they'd look at all your stuff. Now all of that <laughs> has changed. It's like on the Internet before you can even get done pressing the snap button on it. But, you know, I was looking at your social media, your Twitter, and uh -oh. the photo you have at the Global News Desk. Is that your golden retriever dog? It is. I have an elderly golden retriever. Uh, her name is Big C. She's wonderful. She's about 12 years old now, so she's a little more white in the face. She's gone very white. I know some dogs, when they get older, they, they get really white fur. She has she has her gray hairs. Uh, she's a, a wonderful dog. And, yes, she's sitting there doing a global, a fake global news report with me. Do you, do you have any pets? Yeah, I have a dog that is, I think, three-ish, somewhere in there. You kind of guess their age when you adopt them, you know. But yeah. the, um, the, the, the dog is great. I love the photo sitting at the news desk, and I thought, are you allowed to bring dogs into the newsroom? Is that a thing in Canada? I don't know. Is it not a thing in America? I mean, where would you not want a dog? Do you, look, you got a dog that's going to be coming into the White House soon. Not that I want to start talking politics, but sh dogs, I think, should be welcomed everywhere. Yeah, I think so, too. But some places are more friendly than others. I think that people have allergies like everyone's afraid of everything. So you can't go anywhere like in schools. You can't even have peanut butter anymore because uh. some kid might have a peanut butter allergy. So same thing in workplaces. You can't bring an animal in because there might be an allergy. So because of that, nope, no whatsoever. You cannot bring the animals in. So if, if I were to see a dog, it would have to be a senile dog. It have to be uh, compliant with the ADA or whatnot when it comes to people with disabilities. And outside of that, you're not going to see it. But... Uh, St. Louis in general is a pretty dog friendly place. You see them in other areas. I just I don't see them in the broadcast setting. Now, see, I did have one bad experience where I was at work once and look, 
they turn a blind eye, let's say, to dogs being in the building. I think officially you're not supposed to, but everybody that we work with, they're such dog lovers that, you know, the boss always turns a blind eye. But anyways, I was working one day and my dog was with me and she is very excited when she's at the office. So while we hadn't been there for too long, she was drinking so much water because she was so excited and she was drinking more water and more water. I thought, oh, geez, you know, I better take her down to go to the bathroom. We've only been here for an hour or two, but I better go back down to the bathroom with her again. So we're waiting for the elevator to come and I can see, oh, she's got to go. She's got to go. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And of course, it's like lunchtime. So the building is, you know, I'm stopping at every floor for every single person that wants to go for their lunch break. Just as my boss walks to the elevator lobby area, my dog pees on the carpet. And it's not just like a little pee. Like, it was like a fire hose and she wouldn't stop. And I'm going, ah, ah, I'm sorry. And he's going, um, and we're standing there while my dog is just relieving itself in our lobby oh, of the no. radio station oh, for like, no. it, it must've been, it felt like an hour, but I, I swear it must've been like 90 seconds. It was terrible. Oh yeah. But from the dog's perspective, it probably felt pretty good to do oh, that. So sad. Well, yeah. <laughs> the guilt is there. So, it, was your dog guilty or was your dog happy after a moment like that? Oh, she was delighted. She just relieved herself. So she was feeling great. Plus, there was another person now standing there who could possibly pet her. I mean, she could not have mm-hmm. been any happier in that moment. And then the elevator doors open and it's a celebrity coming in for an interview. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. trying to think of how embarrassing else this could go. Or it could be right? how much worse. Or, you know, they... Or they walk in, oh, the, the health inspector shows up, just making sure everything's up to compliance. Ooh, urine-stained oh, carpet right <laughs> off the bat. This is not starting off good. They pull out the they pull out the pen, they do a little click on the clip, and then they start writing on their clipboard. Ooh, this isn't good. So now you're in some serious trouble. So did you get disciplined? No, my, my boss is incredible. He pretended like he hadn't seen anything. Like, imagine if you're talking to someone and their fly is down and you are trying to maintain eye contact with them because you don't want to maybe embarrass them by saying, oh, you know, by the way, you got a stain on your shirt or your fly is down or your dog is peeing on the carpet. He just, he looked me in the eye and he made no comment, no reference to it whatsoever. So we're just standing there while my dog is relieving herself and he's pretending like this isn't happening at all. But we know that this is happening. Everyone knows knows that it's happening and he didn't mention a word of it mm-hmm. so next time you bring your dog in wearing a little doggy diaper or something along <laughs> those lines to try to help <laughs> well that sounds like a fun workplace that you're able to do that a busy workplace and then you have to put one of those little yellow markers down that say you know caution slippery when wet or whatever yeah wet floor people <laughs> yeah. don't step around it yeah and there's nothing you can do if it's right in front of the elevator door. You can't get around it. You ever been inside of an airport and you see like the little dog relief areas where there's fake grass and you can just take your animal right there? Yeah, I've seen these before. I haven't I haven't used one before. I mean, I go to the human bathroom, but you know, I haven't used one of these with my dog before, but I've seen them. They're cool, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty neat ideas. I've only seen it once, and it was just recently when I was traveling. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool thing to do. I wonder what was there before. There probably was, like, vending machines or whatever they took out. But it's just, like, grass where I guess there's some drainage underneath where it can try to get rid of some of the liquid waste. But they have, like, a fake fire hydrant and stuff for the dogs. And I thought, man, I wonder how dirty that whole area is. Like, if you were to run a black light in that one one room, it would look like a crime scene. But then probably for all of the airport, it would be the same, too. 
I guess um, oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> up in the airport, it's probably not the worst place you can be in, but probably not the best one either. You know, I, I was wondering, with Thanksgiving around the corner, yeah. um, I don't know, do Canadians celebrate Thanksgiving in ways different than Americans? I mean, I, I can tell you how we celebrate it here, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of curious how things work out, because you have your own Thanksgiving Day, don't you? We do. So this is probably the biggest difference is that we celebrate our Thanksgiving in October, whereas you guys celebrate it at oh. the end of November. Oh, you have already had it then. Okay. So for, I thought for some reason they were about a week off. So they're a month off. Oh, that's way well, different. You're not entirely wrong. I mean, if you want to get into a little bit of history of Canadian Thanksgiving, it's actually, it's I, I, I personally think it's interesting. So ours is more of a harvest festival, or at least it sort of traditionally was a harvest festival. So here's a story for you. The very first Thanksgiving in North America ever was celebrated in 1578. I know what you're thinking, but Mm -hmm. hold on. It was held by Sir Martin Frostbisher and his crew in the Eastern Arctic. They were in what we now call Nunavut. So the ship and its crew, they had this terrible time with the weather. They were getting blown all about the sea. And when they finally made it safely to land and they set up shop, they celebrated communion. And to give thanks, they ate a wonderful dinner of salt beef, biscuits, and mushy peas. Now, this happened in July, but they still gave thanks in their meal. So it is officially recognized as the first Thanksgiving in North America in 1578. But of course, you Americans, you dispute that this was ever the first Thanksgiving in North America because, of course, yours happened in 1621. Hmm. We um, in America are on our own when it comes to things like this. So we, we may dispute it. But uh, it's because we believe we are the only ones. So we're disputing it with no one. So we, I, it's easier to just not recognize that and say, ah, well, whatever. We got our own thing and we're just going to recognize us as being the first. And so um, that's part of the it's an easy spirit, way. It's but, an easy way to win the argument, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And the good thing is, like, we don't necessarily always pay attention to what goes on in Canada. But I understand that you guys in Canada do pay close attention to the things that are at least newsworthy here in the United States. But at least for like the Thanksgiving side of things, you have your traditional Thanksgiving meal and you normally watch football because on Thursdays on that Thanksgiving, there's always a NFL game and it's always the Detroit Lions losing to someone. So it's like that's another great (laughs) Thanksgiving tradition. And then you just overeat and then you kind of like rest and then you eat again. And then sometimes if you're younger, that's like a big night to go out. So a lot of times if you're, you know, you go out and have fun with your friends. For some reason, people go to the movie theaters that night. I think both of those things will probably be non-existent this year with the uh, upping of the restrictions of COVID. Things are going to be so different for, I mean, they were different for us a little bit, you know, smaller, smaller gathering sizes. But for you guys, I mean, how do you plan on celebrating Thanksgiving? Because it's my understanding in the States in particular that Thanksgiving is what the biggest travel day of the year, traditionally, even bigger than Christmas mm-hmm. and, and the biggest day really to get together with family and friends, right? Big one. Yeah. And I think most people, if they're under a certain order, are probably just going to ignore those orders and just kind of do what they want to on Thanksgiving, which made me wonder, too, because here in the United States, there's a big difference, I think, between the urban and rural areas. So mostly in the urban areas, you see the uptick of different cases of covid. So they've been trying to combat that by putting more restrictions in 
now towards the holidays, looking forward to them. But in the more rural areas, they, they're much less restrictive. I feel like they're going to continue to do their own thing. I was wondering if kind of that's like it in Canada. You get those large cities and you got, you know, your handful of large metropolitan areas that are heavily, heavily dense populated. But the outside areas, the smaller communities, are they under the same restrictions that you see in the large areas? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, in our province, where we are in British Columbia, the smaller areas are doing better with COVID-19 than the larger city centers are. So not all of the restrictions, I believe, apply to those smaller communities because they're doing better. But of course, they want to keep doing better. So, you know, they are pretty good at, at keeping up with the protocols that they need to. In the summertime, I know that some of those communities were really hard hit. Uh, Kamloops and Kelowna are local communities here that people tend to visit because they want to go to the nice warm interior of our province. There's some nice lakes up there. And as a result, there was a few too many tourists and that caused some issues. But yeah, otherwise, you know, I think the lockdowns occur a little bit more in the larger city centers where, of course, like you said, the populations are a little bit more hard hit, typical to, I guess, what you guys are experiencing as well. Yeah. And I read online. So your prime minister, Justin Trudeau, says that, oh, you better better shape up or I'm going to cancel Christmas. Can he do that? It's like, are people going to say, well, I guess I can't celebrate Christmas now because Justin Trudeau said I cannot. No, I mean, people are still going to do what people are going to do. This is just what people do. You know, I don't think that people don't listen to any politician. Okay, first and foremost, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. People are always going to roll their eyes a little bit when a politician is speaking. And of course, uh, we'll do the same for Justin Trudeau. I think people are still going to get together for for Christmas. I imagine that most people will do it uh, with their close families only. I think most people here have been abiding by that. But of course, we'll see when we have this conversation again in the future, Ryan. Are people here sticking to their smaller groups? We'll find out. Oh, that is cool. And I, I, it's so funny because I am part of these different groups on social media. And there's a person by the name of Paul B. Walker that said they're listening to this interview right now on CKNW in Vancouver. He's up in Alaska traveling up oh, there. Oh, wow. And just happened to catch some of it. That is so cool. Isn't that amazing how the Internet could do that? That really is cool, isn't it? Well, hey, Paul, I mean, fantastic stuff. I'm, I, Ryan, I'm so glad that we got a chance to connect. It was really cool getting a chance to speak with you. Nikki, yes, that was so fun. Thanks for explaining these things to us down south of the border. I thought we'd have more of a rivalry with our Thanksgiving history, but apparently you guys just don't care. So that's that's fine. Yeah, we're going to eat. We're, we're <laughs> totally content with that. I don't feel like we're trying to set a record. That it doesn't even uh, register with us. <laughs> right on. Well, hey, Ryan, take care. It was awesome chatting with you, man. Nikki, thank you. Have a great night. This is the Shift Daily Podcast. And it is time for a little segment we like to call In Case You Missed It. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Jason Sunshine Sparkle Pants Manawas. Wow, oh, man. That's, that's, that's the intro for this segment? Uh, yeah, that is. It's uh, that's Matt MacArthur uh, with his guitar and singing an uh, intro song for me. Wow. What's, um, what's even the backstory on... Uh... Sunshine. Yeah. I, I feel like sunshine and sparkle pants are two different backstories. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, um, so Shane and uh, well, Shane specifically uh, makes it his living to sort of uh, tease me on the show. Um, and I do like a lot of stuff. I drive a baby blue Veloster. Um, oh, nice. I, I drive a Veloster as well. Nice. Nice. Um, oh, it's, a good car. It's, it's a great car. eh? Yeah, it is. Actually, it is, it's been a very good car to me. Yeah. 
it's awesome. And um, I also like, you know, watch K-dramas. I love BTS. Um, so um, Shane said I was like sunshine in the beginning. And then, a, and then a listener texted in, hey, you guys should call them sunshine sparkle pants. And it just stuck. And that's my uh, theme song now. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's catchy. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I, I don't uh, prefer it. But, you know, it's a, nick- a nickname is better than having no name. As I was Usually like when you get a nickname, it's because people, well, I shouldn't say all the time, actually, now that I think about it. But let's say usually when you get a nickname, it's because your friends like you. So they give you like a fun nickname because you're part of the group, right? Right? Exactly. And Maybe? yeah, and to get the nickname from the Shift family, like a listener, um, is even better. So I embrace the name. Uh, uh, I embrace yeah, it for I think the, this segment. Nicknames are like both ends of the extreme spectrum, right? If you get teased, <laughs> yeah. then you get a nickname. If you if they yeah. like you, then you get a nickname. If you're just middle of the pack, they're like, that's that's Ray right there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have a nickname, Ray? Or were you always just Ray? <sighs> just like stupid ones like, oh, Razor. Oh, so creative. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good though. Razor. Yeah, it's like it's like hockey, hockey names, you know, the hockey names like someone's name is Smith <laughs> and they just call it Smithy, oh Smitty or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it could be seems like there's no effort. We definitely had a Smitty growing up in our friend group. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Who hasn't had a Smitty? Um, <laughs> but our, <laughs> all right, but let's uh, let's get into in case you missed it. So this one comes with a spoiler alert. Um, but uh, F1 driver Lewis Hamilton made history today by winning the Turkish Grand Prix and taking home his seventh F1 championship, tying Michael Schumacher's record. Here's the last call. The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton wins the Turkish Grand Prix and is a seven-time champion of the world. Ooh, geez, seven um, times. Yes, seven times. Uh, um, so he tied the record. Uh, who knows if he'll get the eighth next year. Um, but we don't usually talk sports here, especially racing. Uh, but if you don't know Lewis Hamilton and just know his amazing story, um, he is someone who came uh, from a fairly poor background, um, and he's never forgotten that. He's all class. Um, like the other day, he posted an Instagram video of him taking care of a stray dog, and now he's feeding the stray dog like every night. Um, he takes care of his family. He's someone that uh, that understands that um, that everything is not about him. And to show this, uh, you know, F1 drivers they have like a radio where they can communicate with their team. Uh, this was the exchange that was uh, that happened when Hamilton won his seventh title. Get in there, Lewis. What a way to do it, mate. What a way to win your seventh world title. Mate, you have got to be proud of that. What an awesome drive. That's for all the kids out there. Dream the impossible. You can do it too, man. I believe in you guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Louis, congratulations for the seventh title. I couldn't have done it better. <laughs> Fantastic drive with the slicks. Fantastic. It's really awesome to, to be a witness of that. Oh, that's cool. I like that part at yeah. the end. That was uh, that was the their chief Toto Wolf. He said, uh, yes. "I couldn't have done it any better." Yeah, you couldn't. He's the world champion. He's the best <laughs> driver in the world. I couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> it's just weird when I heard him say that. 
Yeah, geez, way to go. I couldn't have done it I better couldn't have myself. done it better yeah, myself. No, no you, you could not. <laughs> uh, so, so, Ray, I, I know you're an F1 fan, so yeah. and I know that you were trying to sort of record this Spoiled race. it for me. I sort of spoiled it for you. Um, yeah. oh, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this, man? Uh, seven world titles. I mean, he ties Michael Schumacher, like you said. But the thing is, the controversy is with race cars, uh, Mercedes, if people don't know, they have been dominant since 2014. They have the best car for six years now, seven years now. So that's why they're winning the title. So people are assessing is like uh, Lewis the greatest driver or not? Because if you put him in a inferior vehicle, inferior car, would he still perform the same? You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure, for sure. It could and, be the I car think, is know, the man. Yeah, it also says a little, a little bit, a uh, little bit about the driver as well. I mean, to win seven times, and this is all straight, by the way. Like he hasn't lost in the last seven years. It's just no, 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 been no. Twenty sixteen was Rosberg. Was it Rosberg? Yeah, twenty sixteen was Rosberg. Oh yes, that's right. Because he won before he went to Mercedes, right? No, that was he won the first two. Fourteen and fifteen was Lewis Hamilton. Sixteen was Rosberg, and then from seventeen till now. Oh oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, But uh, truly, a guy um, champion, um, and um, he hasn't signed a contract yet for for Mercedes, so uh, we don't know what his future is. But um, all props to Lewis Hamilton, man. Guys, I don't know. I want to see him. I want to see him in a Veloster. (laughs) <laughs> oh, if he can drive a Veloster, oh my god, that would be awesome. I almost feel like contractually they're not allowed to drive other vehicles than Mercedes. <laughs> that, like they, they get they get like in their contract, seriously, some of them are just like you have to drive a Mercedes, you can't touch any other car. Which is yeah, funny because after I, oh sorry, go ahead, Jason. No, uh, you go ahead. I think I was probably gonna repeat oh, the same thing. So you polite. Said. Well, I was just going to say, I think it's so funny that you know, these guys you, you win all these titles, you made all the money in the world. And you can't go buy a Bugatti or a Lamborghini. You have to keep driving the car that your contract is a part of. Yeah, so if you're part of like Honda, then you always have to drive a Honda, which isn't <laughs> CRV. Bad. They're reliable. <laughs> What'd you get? Another Honda Fit? <laughs> no, I think that's just like contractually they have to drive. I'm sure. I'm certain they can like you know buy a Ferrari. They can buy all those cars, but uh, I just know that some have to like keep up the brand. And like, you know, for like appearances, they would have to be, uh, they would go to all the Mercedes events and like, oh, here's the new car as driven out by Lewis Hamilton or whatever. So like a lot of, they have to do a lot of stuff for Mercedes or whatever car company they're with. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mercedes isn't, yeah, Mercedes isn't bad for, uh, to have a car. Yeah. No kidding. Eh? If I had to drive a Mercedes, like, I guess I could drive a Mercedes. It's funny (laughs) though, that you guys were saying at the beginning of this segment that you don't talk a lot about sports on this show. Um, not we? not all the no. time. If there's if there's something like important, like a championship or um, or something like um, like a big like controversy in sports, and then we'll we'll chat about it. But not 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 normally, not regularly. Like Dustin Johnson winning the Masters, that sort of thing, which oh, yes. we haven't talked about once yet on this show. Yeah. So in case you missed it, uh, Dustin, <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Johnson won the Masters. Um, I was going to include that in case you missed it, but I was uh, I, I sort of wanted you to do one. Um, but um, he did win the Masters today, um, uh, and uh, he had a very emotional speech. I don't know if you guys have seen the speech, but it was very emotional. Um, and it just shows, like, you know, how athletes train so hard, and then when they win it, they're they're they can't even talk. And that was the case for Dustin Johnson today. So, um, may, may, you know, maybe I'll tweet that, and you guys can see uh, what happened. But yeah, he did win the Masters today. Cool. Thanks. Tweet that, and I will check it out. Awesome. Um, now, um, let's get into the second, in case you missed it, because uh, now this is a story all about how. My life got flipped, turned upside down. 
And I'd like to take a minute to sit right there. I'll tell you about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. Because like Saved by the Bell, Full House, and etc., they're bringing back the 90s classic. Well, sort of. Officially titled the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion, the special sees almost all of the popular sitcom surviving cast members come together to reflect on the popular sitcom. Notably, the special was filmed on the popular bank set home. Here is the trailer. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the How crazy is it walking in here? <laughs> I've always been able to recognize chemistry. Will and Alfonso, from the very beginning, were just playmates. This is my brother Carlton. He knows we can't afford any bigger clothes, so he just doesn't grow. <laughs> Nobody ever asked me if I could act. <laughs> this joke and you couldn't. And you couldn't. <laughs> I had no aspirations to act. Jeff turned down the show literally 10 times. Will is very good at talking me into things. They said, oh, we want you to audition for this new sitcom with a rapper. I said, oh, pass. <laughs> Tape night was special. It was just kind of like a Friday night party. We each grabbed percussion instruments. It was a full-on experience. Yeah, yeah, all right, we're about to go on stage. The audience is out there. It was the hottest ticket in town, as they called it. James is the heart of the show. James Avery was this six-foot-four Shakespearean beast, and I wanted him to think I was good. How come he don't want me, man? I fall into his arms at the end of the scene, and he's holding me, and the shot pans off, and he whispered in my ear, now that's acting. I didn't realize how many people we were reaching. There will always be a piece of all of us in that living room. Our show meant black excellence to people. The excellence was the way that we loved each other. I couldn't celebrate 30 years of Fresh Prince without Janet. Wow. Ooh, wow. <gasps> So they're, they're, the gang's all back. The gang's all back together. Have you guys ever watched Fresh Prince before? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, okay, when we were growing up, it was a big deal if you could recite the entire Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. You were pretty cool if you could. Now, I couldn't. This is a story of how... <laughs> all about how my life got flipped turned off. Okay, we won't get into it now. But what do you guys think about these reunion shows in general, these sort of sequel or reunion shows? I'm never really too keen on them. I usually like the original, and then when they try yeah. to do some kind of follow-up, it's never as good. Yeah, like um, me neither. I know. I mean, um, the, the 90s shows, uh, and you know, we were talking about best decades on the show. I think the 90s had a really good uh, selection of like, TV shows like that and uh, cartoon shows as well. But um, The Fresh Prince uh, stood out to me, uh, you know, as well as other ones that I mentioned. Um, but to see sort of a reunion sort of, it sort of takes away from like the ending that those shows had. Like I know The Fresh Prince, they had a they had an amazing ending uh, for that show. Um, so, I mean, like with this one, it's not as much a show rerun it, or uh, like, a, like a sequel. It's sort of just like them talking about the show, which could be better. Uh, but I know for those other ones, it's it's like legit, like an actual show, like the Fresh Prince spinoff um, for like, um, as an example, is one that is there. The cast is coming back to uh, reprise their characters. So um, that is a note. 
Yeah, yeah, because the show that's Saved by the Bell that they're doing, because they're doing a 2020 version of Saved by the Bell, yeah. and it's back at Bayside High again in the modern era. And who is California's governor? It's Zach Morris. <laughs> so yes, they're bringing is. back all of these. Yeah, I know, ridiculous. They just they're wrote that. Yeah, these. they just wrote that one. Let's just make Zach Morris the, <laughs> the governor. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, one of the cast members, though, who won't be on the show, so a lot of the original cast members that we know and love are coming back, uh, but Dustin Diamond, who played Screech, will not Screech, be back. Yeah, because yeah, he's had a lot of problems over the years. In fact, maybe you saw the headlines circulating last month that he had allegedly died in a prison riot, which is not true. Screech did not die in a prison riot, but you know your career is not going in the right direction when those are the headlines that are circulating yeah, when, online yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah, when those are stories, you might want to sort of reconsider your choices. Um, but um, but yeah, Screech was, was one of the most lovable characters on that show. I still remember watching that show, and and Screech was one of my favorites. Um, uh, I don't, I never saw Lisa in the trailer though. Is is Lisa going to oh. be in there? Oh, I that's don't a good question. So. Yeah, I didn't see her either. I remember doing a quick Google search, and I don't think she's in there. I don't know. And she has yeah. done. A, she, I think she had a lot of plastic surgery, so she doesn't even look like the same person anymore. I believe. Oh yeah. Probably. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know mm. that one. But yeah, about the uh, the rehashing of former, you know, the '80s and '90s sitcoms and like redoing them now. Like, didn't they learn anything from Mash? And then they try to do after Mash. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. It's like why they just simply title it, ah, what should we call the show now? Oh, okay, it's After Mash. Perfect. Remashed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> rehashed Mash. Heated up and rehashed oh, my Mash. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jason, what else do you have on your list here? Of All right, so just one more, in, one more in case you missed it here. So it's uh, involving TikTok. Um, so TikTok users or parents with kids who use the app frequently, you may want to listen to this. Uh, former intelligence officer Klon Kitchen went on 60 Minutes and discussed the wildly pop popular Chinese-owned mobile app and its user base. Here's a clip. The national security and cybersecurity laws of China require them to operate and build their networks in such a fashion as to where the government has unfettered access to their data. And so, no. The CCP doesn't ask them for information. They don't need to. They have access to the information. There seems to be a great disconnect. I mean, the American people, at least the kids who are on TikTok, have no concern no. about what we're talking about here. That's right. They just think it's fun. And for them, it is. They want to make a dance video with, with their friend. Um, I don't begrudge them that. But, you know, their ignorance of the threat does nothing to diminish it. So, um, serious words there from Clon mm. Kitchen. Now, I love TikTok. Uh, Nikki, I know you've commented on some of the TikToks that I've done on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I love it. Um, but, you know, if it's going to sort of uh, expose your privacy, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, can, I, I can see there, uh, be, like TikTok being done in a way where it can't. But I don't know. I'm not, that, I'm not a techie enough guy to know, you know, what, what exactly privacy concerns that uh, people are having about it yes all i can say is that i am not a tiktok user myself i am glad that i am slightly too old for that trend to have got on board with that trend you know my social media is like the the twitter or the i'm not on facebook anymore but that's kind of more my era anyways but 
with kids, kids these days, it's certainly a challenge with the social media that they subscribe to and often do so with such vigor and yet such ignorance. And you don't really realize what you are signing away fully and to who you're signing that away to, yes, in this yes. case, a foreign government. Which could be scary. So we'll we'll see how we'll see what Canada wants to do. I know the Trump administration tried to block yeah. uh, TikTok in the states, um, but uh, I have no word from Canada yet, though. I, or I haven't seen anything from Canada on TikTok. And I mean, it looks like we're we're still going to have it. So if TikTok users, um, you're listening to this. Yeah, you'll still have access. But um, I don't know how they're going to proceed, uh, especially with uh, you know all this information coming out. This is the Shift Daily Podcast.